something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flies the flag of history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today, we're looking at the legendary story of the Danebro, the national flag of Denmark that supposedly appeared out of thin air. The day was June 15, 1219. According to Danish legend, the country's familiar red and white flag fell from the sky as a sign of God's favor. The Miracle Banner arrived just in the nick of time, too, as the Danes were currently locked in a losing battle against the Estonians. They rallied at the sight of the flag, though, and the Danish army was ultimately victorious that day. The banner that had changed their fortunes became known as the Danebro, the cloth or banner of the Danes. Soon after, it was adopted as a royal symbol, then as a trading banner, a military ensign, and later as the official flag of Denmark, making it one of the oldest national flags in continuous use. The popular legend of how the beloved flag came to be begins in 1219 with the Danish invasion of present-day Estonia. Danish King Valdemar II led the campaign with a threefold purpose in mind. First, he hoped to put an end to the pirate attacks that had long plagued Denmark's otherwise thriving sea trade. Second, he sought to bring northern Estonia under Danish rule, a claim that even the Pope had recognized. And third, and perhaps most importantly, he wished to convert the Estonians from their pagan religion to Christianity. 
However, on the afternoon of June 15th, it didn't look like King Valdemar would achieve any of his goals. The Estonians had caught the Danes off guard, attacking from five different directions while the Crusaders rested in a castle they'd constructed. This put the Danish army on the defensive, and they quickly found themselves overwhelmed. Luckily, it wasn't just soldiers on the battlefield that day. Archbishop Sunnison had accompanied King Valdemar on his crusade, and when he saw how badly the Danes were faring, he raised his arms to the sky and began to pray for some heavenly assistance. Suddenly, a red lambskin banner bearing a white Nordic cross began fluttering down from the sky. King Valdemar took up the flag, waved it above his head, and urged his troops to fight on. Now believing that God was on their side, the Danish forces pressed forward with renewed strength, eventually pushing back the Estonians and capturing the city of Lundanisa, now known as Tallinn today. The Danes' victory established a foothold in northern Estonia, and they went on to rule that territory well into the 14th century, converting many Estonians to Christianity in the process. As you probably guessed, there's little historical evidence to support the story of divine intervention. King Valdemar's crusade definitely happened, but his victory was due more to the aid of nearby allies than it was to a heavenly flag. In fact, contemporary accounts of the Battle of Lundanisa don't mention a falling flag at all. That detail didn't appear until the 15th century, when monks began recording wildly different versions of the story. By the early 16th century, even historians had begun including the miracle of the flag in their accounts of the battle. Still, none of that's to say there wasn't a falling flag that day. Red and white flags with crosses were frequently used by various European crusaders between the 11th and 13th centuries. The motif was a symbol of Christianity rather than a specific nation or people. With that in mind, it's entirely possible that such a flag was there during the Battle of Lundanisa. Maybe it even fell onto the battlefield from atop the Danes' castle and then provided some much-needed inspiration to the weary troops. Either way, the flag didn't become a royal symbol of Denmark until around the mid-14th century, and it wasn't viewed as a symbol of the entire nation until the early 19th century. The flag of Denmark may not have started out as inherently Danish, but it certainly is today. In fact, the Danes used their national flag in more ways than the people of most countries. It's used not only for official functions and ceremonies, but for all kinds of occasions, including birthday parties, graduation ceremonies, funerals, and even at Christmas time. It might sound kind of random to, for instance, put little paper Danish flags on the cake at an office birthday party, but for many people in Denmark, displaying the flag is a way to express festivity rather than nationalism. After all, the design of the flag has been ingrained in Danish culture for centuries, over 800 years, well before it was officially adopted as a state symbol. As a result, it represents not only the government or nation of Denmark, but the Danish spirit, the people, and the history they share. According to Torben Kjersgar Nielsen, an author and historian at Aalborg University in Denmark, the different perceptions of the Danish flag are what make it such an effective and compelling symbol. 
As he said, quote, Everyone uses and interprets the Danish flag in their own way. Paradoxically, this is what makes it a uniting symbol. That's also why it doesn't matter if the legend of the Danebro is true or not. The story and the sharing of it is now woven into the fabric of the culture, just like the flag itself. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 